Les croix. Les croix. Les croix in French, or as we pronounce it in the United States, La Crosse. What is it? Sparkling water. Sparkling water from France. <laughs> I normally don't like sparkling water, but I figured since I live in an area where people know their food, they know their food, they know their drinks, they know their spirits. La Crosse. La Crosse. La Crosse. French water, sparkling water. I decided I'm going to try the key lime. Try and stay the hell away from people. Flu and that's going around. I don't need to get any. I don't need to get anything. Hell no, I don't. My body's like hell no. So uh, I choose to have it delivered so I don't have to run across the flu. Je flu. In French, achoo. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, I told myself I was going to get Lafitte done today. It's not sparkling water, but I do have attractive Lafitte. In French, we like to say pipi le fieu. <laughs> that is if your feet smell fieu. Fieu in American. Get <coughs> ready to walk. Story for a quick le walk in the Nipak. I'm not bringing my lacrosse with me. I'm bringing la, la coffee. Protein shake hot. In French we say hot. In America we say ouch. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. <laughs> oh my god. She can't be happy. She's not allowed to laugh. We're miserable. I'm miserable. She's not allowed to laugh. Oh my god. You just don't want that. No. No. I'm not in holiday spirit. No. <sighs> Put out as many Christmas lights as I could. Like, oh, I'm going to do it my way like you know a good frank sinatra song because she could put out the christmas lights this year and she did it what is it sing in the car mm -hmm. that's right my way. <coughs> sorry <laughs> Put the lights out my oh, you see Okay, I guess that's a German Shepherd way. I might have to stop the podcast if you continue. Oh my god in my ear. Snore yo yo. Silencioso. What to continue this when we're walking? Alright, we're almost there. Are you going to so I can finish? Or am I going to do this one walking? It's all up to you. It's your podcast story, not mine. Go ahead. Tell them what you're thinking you want from Santa Paws this year. Really? From Chewy? Alright, got to put it on your wish list. You know, I made two phone calls to handymen. And I realize they're not handy. Because they don't have they don't have a phone. They don't know how to use a phone. So they're not even handy using their phone. <laughs> they didn't get back to me. This is the worst area, the worst state, the worst city to ever live if you need help. If you need any contractors, you can just in French, in America, that means just screw it because, <coughs> excuse me, nobody gets back to you, nobody wants to work, nobody wants to do anything. I don't want to hear or see one complaint anywhere where people complain about money because there's people who actually want to pay people to help get things done and you don't even call back or bother. So I don't want to hear it. 
de silencio in American, in French, you know? <laughs> I'm done. I'm tired of contacting contractors. I asked somebody too. They were supposed to contact them for me and give them my phone number and call me. And, and you know what? You know what? You said you're going to do that. You didn't finish again. You didn't follow up. And how many clothes you know I got from you helping me? It really didn't help me. But you said you're going to help me, but you really didn't help me. You know how many clothes I got back? Zio, That's Italian. In American, zip. In French, zip. I got zero back. And I'm, I'm just done. I realize nobody wants to work where I live. And the thing is, is it's an area of less than 4,000. So nobody in the big cities want to come over because they're like, oh, it's too far out of the way. Don't service that area anymore. I have problems in that area. I have problems in that area. I've had problems in that area. I don't know how many times I've heard I've had problems in the area. What the hell kind of problem are you having? Is somebody cussing you out in French? Is that supposed to be? Where you can cut it? People listen for French appreciate the humor. Not you, though, or you. You're just like, oh, my God, she can't laugh. She's got something wrong with her today because she's laughing. Oh, my God, she's got something mental wrong because she's laughing. Good Lord. Get yourself a bowl of Wheaties in the morning, breakfast of champions, and then just down it with, I don't know, your favorite ice cream, a case of Snickers later in the evening, and some of sparkling water. I'll let you know how the key lime tastes, by the way. But, no, I literally cannot find any contractors to do any. No, there's Handymen don't exist. You know where a handyman you can find? Is look at your hand and make sure it's damn handy because you're going to need it. Because <laughs> that's what you're doing. You're a cancer patient, you can forget it. Forget it. You live past the prognosis, you can really forget it. Because people don't want to see you live past your prognosis. Hell, they're expecting you to die. What's your prognosis? Five years? What year are we on? Three? How long have I been married to her? She's not dead yet? I can't cut that check? Disability check? She's not dead yet? Oh, hell, F it. F it. I'm out of here. I'm not putting up with this SJ Star T. I was just married because I thought she was going to die. She ain't dead yet. Shit. Excuse my friend. Shit. The dog? Shit. <laughs> She's not dead yet? Come on, do something so I can get out of here. I don't want to stay married to you. Nope, I don't want to deal with cancer. No, I just want to bang and screw everybody. And since you don't feel like having sex, I know, I'm bold and brazen, aren't I? How many women are going, oh my God, you just said exactly how I feel. That's the thing with For Yourself My Journey. I'm telling you, but I'm just saying it, you know? At the point of my life, um, you know, it doesn't matter. Like I said, back to that psychiatrist, you know, his podcast, um, his, his audio, this is his video too, about the end of life, it's not going to matter what people think. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. All that matters is that you respect it and you love yourself. One billion percent. And I do, and this is me, and this is this is the way it is. Literally. No, not dead yet, not dead yet. What what did your prognosis was? Another year? What are you at? Six years? Oh, now this shit's starting to hit the fan. Oh, really? Damn, I should have stayed. I should have stayed. I could have collected that check. I should have stayed. Well, I look like an asshole right now because I just left. I just left. I'm having some bullshit around. I'm lying. Damn. I look like an asshole. I got the rest of my life to deal with this. When she does die, my conscience is going to eat me alive. Then I'm really going to have some problems. Yeah. Yep. The ghost of spirit past. I'm going to haunt you. That's right. I'm going to haunt you. I'm going to haunt you. For the rest of your life. <laughs> Think I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I'm not. I believe the spirit comes back. I really do. It haunts. We can haunt people. I got a list right here. Santa Claus is not one of them. Gene Autry. Hallmark Channel. <laughs> no, I'm not that kind of woman. I'm sorry. I said it again. Uh, I know I'm going there. I'm going there. You know, uh, Justin Bieber's wife, Miss Beaver, Beaver, 
Did I say beaver? Oh my god, that could have went really bad. I'm sorry, let me rephrase myself. Beaver. Oh my god, that was so bad. Men, get your mind out of the gutter. Sorry. No, but seriously, in all due respect, um, was talking about medical struggles she has. And uh, I thought this is a great opportunity for me to talk about ovarian cancer because if you have a platform, women, you brave warriors, you fighters, you know, survivors. And although when you're surviving, it sucks because people find you a burden because you haven't died yet. Um, they will start dropping like flies out of your life and they'll find excuses because I've had it happen to me. Um, just go ahead and lift your middle finger and wave it in the air like you just don't care. Like an old 80s tune, a roller skating tune. And that's what you do. Because those are not good people, good souls. And then you'll open the door of life like I have. And these new people will walk in like I have constantly coming into my life. New people, new good souls, you know. And um, they will take place. And they'll literally, amazing when you're honest and you let people know. And I said, you know, I wanted to hide my medical struggles, but I'm starting to have two individuals I've met, um, two amazing men, and I have explained what happened. And very, very, very ironic. One of the gentlemen I know is widowed that I have connected with and talked to, and his wife died of ovarian cancer. She survived less than a year after treatments. Um, it got the best of her. And um, he's learning a lot from me. And... Um, I am blessed and, and proud to be able to be a friend and to listen to his questions and things that he's always wanted answered. But as a man, as he said, you don't really talk about this stuff. Um, you kind of just bottle your emotions up. Um, that's how he was raised. It's amazing when you connect, to, connect with people. You know, I believe spirit connects us. Good Lord does. And uh, I'm realizing that I just am going to be a straight shooter. Even my therapist said oncologist, this is why I hide it. You know, you're not going to hide what's going on. <clears throat> And uh, a lot of people email and ask, do lesions hurt? Um, the thing is, is when you have all this stuff going on, um, consider this as I was told. Look at your belly button, okay? Um, if you just go straight across, I'm dealing with everything belly button down. And then I have fluid that's pushing up. Um, there's a special medical term for lining of your stomach. Para, I don't know, you know what I'm saying, medical people listening. I have pockets of fluids called ascites. It's secondary when things start really kicking up progression. The lesions are um, secondary to the main tumor, the mass uh, that uh, grew from ovarian remnant syndrome. It had seven years, the ovary, not the tumor itself, but the ovary to grow from a microscopic cell. You know, a surgery where they, um, they removed the ovary they encased it. Pathology shows it was removed. Uh, microscopic cells left behind. It's something they wouldn't have been able to see. Um, they'd used robotics for surgery. I uh, had, what, eight small incisions. Um, they did what they could. Uh, but it was. Pathology shows it was removed. It was encased. The pathology had the ovary, but it grew back. It had seven years to regenerate. Um, it's a um, very one-of-a-kind, 13-in-the-world case, and that's the truth. I'll leave this earth with a legacy, all right, is to help other women out because... Uh, they're realizing that there's strange things like this are happening, either by elective surgery, partial hysterectomies, full hysterectomies, or someone who has a tumor, cancer, things like that, like I had, um, where you're removing things before cancer, pre-cancer. And uh, things like this happen, freak things. My oncologist said one thing, if you don't get rid of all the tissue, any organ has an opportunity to grow back. Will it function as an organ? If she fir fir firmly believes, excuse me, and she's ready to retire here next year. She's in her 70s. And she said any organ can grow back. Um, 
Right now, her specialty is she does 80% surgeries and 20% in office. Um, she on, only handles special patients and special cases, and I'm one of them. But as she said, any organ has the opportunity to grow back. Um, she's not seen a case like mine, but she's heard of cases like mine. And great specialist oncologists like her, they'll take my medical case with them in that laptop. And when they go to medical um, conventions, things like that, they bring the rare cases like myself. Of course, you have to sign a HIPAA so she can share. But uh, things with new treatments and that is how I'm able to connect with her and let's try something. Um, if the treatment I'm on, I have till the end of this month and that's it, I'm finished and that's it. I mean, there's not gonna be, we can't continue trying me on experimental stuff. The whole point is it's not gonna cure, but it's supposed to stunt the cells and the growth of the tumor. The lesions were already there. Um, the CITES pockets of fluid started two years ago. So we know it was smaller pockets. Um, the lesions are not good. That's usually secondary and cancer that grows outside the original site. Does it cause pain? Yes. Does it cause pain? Hell yes, it does, women. It causes a hell of a lot of pain. Uh, we're learning from um, pain specialists, hospital specialists, is that now with testing and things like that, and we can, they can find out is how quickly are you absorbing medication, pain medicine, and how long is it lasting your system, and what kind of benefit are you getting? I'm at the point now because things are progressing quicker now, um, more quickly, is that I'm only getting two hours, maybe three hours of relief. That's not a hell of a lot with pain management. And that just tells them the level that I'm at now. Um, it's damn scary. There's nerves that wrap around all this stuff, especially large tumor. I wouldn't call it um, neuropathy. It's just secondary to the tumor, although I know it's nerve related, but that nerve pain and nerves are connected to other nerves. And the pain, as I was told, is going to different parts of my body because it's just one, you've got a big nerve connected all the way around your waist. Um, the tumor is pressing on the other organs now. As it gets larger, it presses. Um, it presses on your bladder, presses on your kidney. Um, it presses on your intestines and that. I'm not surprised I'm not hungry, but I was told uh, today at e-visit, I'm connecting now with a dietitian, a hospital dietitian, because it's important, because I need to max out what I'm consuming daily, because I need the vitamins and that. And you have to remember that with cancer, these gross, they're feeding off of chemicals, hormones, they're feeding everything you take in. You're feeding yourself and you're feeding, you know, the tumor. It's the truth. You're feeding the condition. So the goal is to max out what I'm consuming daily. Um, I'm not a waffle person, but um, Kodiak makes some really good waffles. I can't really do the pancakes, but I'm realizing I can do the waffles. Vans also is gluten-free, makes really good waffles. Um, and just as my dietitian said, let's get some preserves. So I've tried blueberry, Vermont preserves, as she said, are really good because they're you know, no sugar and it's just natural. You're paying a little bit more, it's $7 for a jar. I'm not joking, that's what I paid. But she's right, I can consume it because we don't have all the additives and preservatives. We're not putting things that are foreign into my body. And just taking that waffle and, as she said, building it. Just build something for the base and let's build a healthy, if you're going to be able to only consume one meal a day and that's all I am, the rest is liquid, then we're gonna make it the healthiest possible. And as she said, you'll be able to tell the difference. We kicked off of the vitamins. I was taking age-appropriate gummy vitamins, only thing really I'm able to break down, but as she said, there's really no point because I'm getting enough vitamins. We know that from my blood work from the protein shakes. Um, and taking the largest shaker that I have that you can buy, I don't know what size this is, it is large, 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 um, large and in charge, but <laughs> 
if I could do two of those a day, she said it would be perfect. I'm doing one. It's hard. And then I take a smaller shaker and it's good for me with the immune system is to build an orange juice drink. And I'm like that, you know, like a coffee barista, barista. I'm like that with my um, orange juice and my secondary drink, which is either like delicious that I'm trying the key lime. I'm going to try it tonight when I get back. Key lime with the orange juice and some water because I have to water it down. Um, and I'll have a second shaker of that. And I've been doing this, as Sherry recommended, is pre-making everything the night before. And I have been doing that. Um, decaf coffee with protein powder in that. So I have three beverages. And she said if you make them the night before, you can put your, you know, make it sure it's a microwave friendly. Put your cup with your decaf coffee and protein shake. Put that in the microwave while you're getting ready for the day or you're walking Snorio. Um, but making sure what I take in is the healthiest and I get the best, you know, bang for the buck as far as, you know, what I'm purchasing and what I'm consuming on the daily. That's important right now for me. So we eliminated the vitamins because they don't really need it. And it's just excess. As she said, you'll excrete it out anyway. Your body will through your urine. So we know I'm getting enough as it is. Um, but it's important in my situation to work with the dietitian because I'm losing weight. I keep losing weight. And uh, I used to crave like candy and sweets and things like that. And I just don't crave any of that. Um, I was questionable. Is it like what is, you know, is my age? And it's, it's not. It's just a progression um, of ovarian cancer. And it affects everything. It affects what you consume. It affects what you crave. And let's just face it, you don't really, ladies, you can respect what I'm saying. You don't want to eat. Um, because everything you're eating has to make its way through this lower part, which is your intestines, your colon, your organs, you know. Um, it has to process and make its way through. You know, anything that pushes out and touches, especially the tumor, is going to cause discomfort. It's going to cause pain. You're not going to, you know... Um, getting back to Justin Bieber's wife, um, she had brought out to the public light, and I think it's great because she's one that's in the spotlight of celebrity, and I think it's good to use your platform um, and your status. I think it's great if you, you know, rid our status, which I always say this, interviewing, you know, connecting with those out in the public eye, whether sports or singers, songwriters, actors, actresses, is if we strip the title, we're just normal folks. Normal Joe Schmoes, that's it. Uh, and I treat people as such and I respect that they treat me the same back and that's one thing I make sure to tell them is this is just you know this is an interview based off of trials and tribulations and really stripping down not your celebrity status but what really has brought you to where you're at in your hardest times in life because I think we all more in life can relate especially now in 2022 is how we struggle and how we get through it and what we've gone through um, and how we maneuvered through it but I think it's wonderful that she brought out to the public light. Um, not only does she have a minor stroke, but she's she's has her challenges, medical challenges, and so does Justin, her husband. I think there's a connection there. I think their marriage was also there's a connection as they both struggle, so they help one another out. When you get married, Eric, it's not for. Did I just say Eric? I'm sorry, sorry. When you get married and you knew I had medical struggles, that's for life. I asked you and I told you one thing. I was concerned about getting married to you. Is are you going to abandon me? because I was abandoned before. Are you going to abandon me because of my medical struggles? Because I'm telling you what's going on. He said, no, I will never abandon you. I would never abandon you. I would never do that to you. These people did, and I never did that to you. You lied. I hope your conscience eats you alive for the rest of your life. You abandoned someone with cancer. You abandoned someone with medical struggles. Don't have some bullshit excuse. Oh, she tossed me out. You had issues. You had problems. You, per therapist, were pushing me to push me out. They have you pushed out. 
You were doing everything you could because you could not handle being sick because you're weak. But the thing is, is you knew what you got married into and you abandoned me. You abandoned me. You made a promise you would never do that. If you were sick and you had cancer, do you think I would do what you did to you? Oh, hell no. I believe karma in the universe will bite you square in the ass. Period. God will crack you. Okay? I don't have to do anything to stand back. You got a conscience. It will eat you alive. It will eat you alive. You wonder why I'll never want to talk to you again. When I told you I don't ever want to talk to you again. I don't ever want to see you again. And you haven't heard from me. You have done things and you have abandoned me. Especially at the toughest part of my life. And you intentionally did that. You could as a good person, good soul per therapist. And this is their opinion. Is he can go above and beyond right now. And he could turn it around as some decency of a decent person. But he's choosing not to. And that shows his character and his true self. Um, and his opinion is don't get involved with anybody. Don't get involved with any ladies, women. If you want to date and screw people, go ahead and do it. But don't get involved with anybody sick because you have no respect. Sorry, it had to be said. But I do believe that um, Justin Bieber and his wife connected also, not just by um, their status, but I believe there's a big health connection because they both are suffering and they have big medical struggles. Um, outside the public eye, I definitely believe they support, it's obviously support one another because they understand, you know, that's called being a husband is what he's doing with his wife, Eric. That's called being a husband. It's mostly called being a good soul and a good person. You know, your character is judged by how you leave people and how you treat people that are sick, not just by the public, but by God and spirit. Mm. That's the truth. But I appreciate and respect that she's brought up public eye that she suffers from a very insist. And it's very large. It's just the size of an apple or a peach, I believe. Um, and I love that she has um, put a video out explaining to the public, like, listen, I'm not pregnant, you know. For people, she's jumping ahead before there's any hearsay, you know. And people just, people in the public eye, everybody's got to say their things, you know. I'm not pregnant. I am suffering from a very insist. It makes me moody, it makes me irritable, it makes me nauseous, it makes me cranky, it makes my hormones go all over the place, and that's the truth. But the thing is, is also we realize as ovarian cancer patients is those cysts can become cancerous. A normal cyst, and I have been through four oncology groups, a normal cyst, and thanks Eric for taking care of the house, you know, because I said that I needed to go to a cancer clinic because there was things I needed to go to. And my oncologist now wanted me to go to this cancer institute, which is why I spent time a week because I need to figure out what I wanted to do. And I brought it to your attention the last time I spoke to you, which has been, what, two, three weeks ago? I asked you if you'd take care of the house. Take care of the house, not destroy the house. Well, I go to the hospital three days a week. I had that already planned with my insurance company approved. And you left a hell of a mess and you intentionally did the shit because there's no way I would have left a mess. Especially if you're taking care of the house and the tables are flipped, I'm going to take care of that house. I popped up and surprised you and you SA starred yourself. No wonder you were saying what you did behind your breath. I chose to be the big person because I was sober and I didn't say anything. I just left. I said, I'll be back. That's it. You said, okay, yeah, I'll take care of the house. You know what? I did not choose and I could not go to the Cancer Institute because I didn't have anybody to take care of the house. First of all, I could trust with the animals and the animals are familiar with. And you were the only person I could have. You took that opportunity away from me. You know why? Because you left a hell of a mess. And then you send me a text message that I have. Oh, I decided that now that I've done some soul search, I decided that um, um, I don't want to be, you know, I'm not connected with the animals and this, this, this. You can't do that throw. You don't toss per psychiatrist. You can't toss your kids off or child. 
You don't toss them off. You don't toss animals off. They're living and breathing. You're responsible. And you have to answer to that. And eventually you'll answer. You'll have to. You have no choice. You have no choice. Um, but this is the truth, folks. I could not go to the Cancer Institute. I would be going three days a week driving. Um, this was to help prolong my life. And there's some things in testing that oncology that I'm with now. Um, they're not in Seattle State. Wanted me to do. And this is the truth to help me got my last breath. And Eric literally destroyed the house. I put the video of that. Um, could not be trusted with the animals. My psychiatrist said, hell no. Um, he needs to get help because you cannot leave a house like that. You couldn't do it with kids because you would get in trouble with the state. Child services come and take your kids. You can get in trouble too with pets. Humane society and animal welfare and that can also bust your ass. Um, that's why I take care of, if I had kids, it'd be immaculate taken care of. Um, that's what you do, you know, and I have continued as such. It's not been easy. I'm telling you, it's not been easy. I'm getting in a routine with the animals, um, with the cats. They were being bad. Um, and a mess that he left, you know, they will urinate. you got to keep up. i got little robots. It's not that hard to keep up with them, but you got to keep up with them. you got to make the environment peaceful. You can't go having this loud-ass music and getting drunk and this, 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 staying on your phone all the time and not being attentive. Is if you're not being attentive to your child's children, you sure the hell aren't going to be attentive to damn animals. As my psychiatrist is, it's not surprising. But everybody has to answer for their actions and their behavior. But I literally had three days a week that I was going to be able and insurance approved, but I couldn't do it. And I had to be honest with my oncologist. Why? I have enough proof. But uh, getting back to uh, Justin's wife, is she shared about her ovarian tumor. I'm going to add on to that um, for those who have not seen online and you know however you read the news or it comes across your friend like mine is i'm adding on to this is a normal cyst will resolve on its own any oncologist can determine what's normal if a cyst or a tumor or a mass um, they don't put you through oncology treatments and fast track you and max it out and then light you up like christmas tree seven eight rounds of radiation and then chemo and then treatments and that if it's just a cyst if it's just a cyst it will be literally annihilated and obliviated Per my oncologist, which was a female oncology, OBGYN, oncology specialist, is this thing will obliviate the first two rounds because we're using 3D radiation and cysts are liquid filled. They're not solid. So if this is just a cyst, we're going to get it the first two times. Okay, we'll see it and then we'll just kind of follow through with, you know, how many other treatments we need. It was not a cyst. They realized this after the second round of treatments that this is solid. This is cancerous. This is not a normal cyst. Um, this thing was picked up on CAT scan imaging, every hospital. Um, an attorney said somebody's liable for this, for letting this go. I'm not in a position in my life to go suing, um, and I'm not going to spend the rest of my life that way, period. If I was married to someone, they had the potential to sue, um, and that's the truth. But it is what it is, attorney said. I had to go over some stuff today. I did have a video appointment with the attorney that my hospital specialist and nurse had given me, um, an attorney within the county, but we went over some things. And as they said, there's a, there is a massive lawsuit of liability because one of these hospitals are liable and responsible for letting this tumor grow as, long, as big as it was, and it, and it did. And there's multiple scans and these hospitals that did multiple scans. They just sat back and watched it and kept just throwing it to everybody else. And they didn't want to resolve and handle the issue. That's the legal liability matter. That as he said, if you were legitimately married, you know, this person could have sued. And uh, as he said, a 90% chance in this case is they would settle out. There's no way nobody would take this case to court, especially what you've gone through. Um, could your estate, could your 
next to Ken? Could your parents? Could they sue? Could a sibling sue? Yes. Something happens to you, your medical records can be an open book, and that is part of the will and dual power of attorney, all that stuff. And I did make decisions, and that was a big decision, is yes or no, would I allow my medical case to be open for a legal suit? Um, because really there's no statute right now with what's going on. The statute starts when I'm dead. I'm gone. And uh, one of these hospitals of two are liable. As the attorney said, this is a clear, you know, I completely agree with your oncology and therapist is this is a clear lawsuit. Somebody's responsible and liable. Um, not the surgeons from your last major surgery, but these hospitals that just watched this tumor grow. And they knew it was dangerous and didn't want to treat it and just kept tossing you off. You were left to defend yourself and save yourself. And I went through 17 specialists. I was referred through two and they gave up. Um, I went through last 15 and I found a professor and he took it very serious and he took all weekend, went over all of my medical records since I was a baby and rushed me to oncology group. And then they rushed me two days later to fast track radiation and other treatments. It didn't work. It wasn't a cyst. It wasn't obliviated because it wasn't a cyst. It was a tumor. Cancer solid filled. They're irregular. Um, the contour and things like that, like on test results, a cyst and something that's not cancerous will be like a circle, a P. It's usually a perfect circle, if not close to it. Um, we start getting these irregular and strange shapes in that. Always, usually, as my oncologist says, it ends up cancer because it's not normal. You get these lesions and stuff and ascites and fluid. We know the progression of where we're at compared to where you were. Um, and I realized I'm on time now and it's not a joke now I've defied the odds and for people saying oh yeah yeah but she's defied the odds you know you're stupid first of all when you think that way um, I fought and some people would have gave up and it would have got them but I fought I believe your mental mind frame can make you a survivor as the truth but also making sure you stay on top of your health um, and keeping up with your specialists and if somebody refers you you, you refer but um, I appreciate her putting herself out there because it's the truth. Those cysts, cysts can get pretty large. Um, they will normally resolve. Your regular OBGYN ladies will handle your case. Make sure you stay on top of it. You'll get pelvic ultrasounds. Um, that's the creme de la creme of testing to make sure that your cyst is a simple cyst and not cancerous. Um, if a cyst is not resolved after two cycles, there's something more going on. Um, my tumor had years to grow and it was slow and then it started picking up speed at the time we went through oncology it was a little bit smaller the size of a cantaloupe and i'm not joking and it was killing me um i was sick and i knew i was on time frame i choose to do treatment or i'm dead and i'm just gonna say because they're not gonna say it it was it said fatal but they couldn't go in surgically um, I did have a little bit of hope at the Cancer Institute that they were going to review. Um, I would, would require me to drive three days a week and review to see if their surgical team could handle a high-risk case like myself. But I realized that thinking about it, not only I don't have that option because Eric just basically showed me I don't have an option. Um, he basically texts he doesn't want to take care of the animals, so he's not going to give me an opportunity. You got the rest of your life, Eric. hope your conscience gets you, because it will. Karma will serve you back up. The universe does, and most importantly, spirit and God. You know, what's your time? And if I can come back and haunt, I'm haunting you. I am, I'll haunt you. That's the truth. I told you that too. I will haunt you. I will, I will haunt you. If you ever screw me over and you make promises and you're really just downright nasty and you do that to somebody, you know, you promised me forever. I would have never got married to you if you were just going to up and leave me because of medical struggles that I didn't ask to be, first of all, I didn't ask to be born without any problems, okay? I didn't ask 
to be born. Okay, that decision was made for me. That's the truth. But I didn't ask for cancer. I didn't ask for cancer treatments. I didn't ask for other problems. But you knew that getting involved with me and getting married to me, you proposed to me. You made that decision. I got your vows that you hand wrote. You realize you've not even been, you didn't even honor one vow. And I have your text message. I'm sorry, August 2022. I'm sorry I never bought anything for you or the animals. You just admitted you never bought anything for me. I should put that on the podcast. I think I will. You treated me horribly. Horribly. I was a wife and a husband. You didn't take me anywhere. You just used excuses. You just used me. You scammed me. You catfish is another word. Titled to how I feel. Sorry. You know, what did they say? Here, let me do it for you. Done. I told you, when I'm done with somebody, I'm done. And you know how I am about that. Because I'm not going to waste my energy. You don't deserve to have my precious time given to you. And let's just face it, folks. I don't have a lot of time. My prognosis is like less than a year. That's the truth. And that's based off what my body's doing. The pain is off the chart. I'm burning through medication in like less than three hours. And that's concerning. They figured two hours. So I gave myself today a hospital called again. And they're like, listen, we'll have one specialist you have to see next month. And then I have one in February and I'm like, okay, um, every 30 days now, just so we can stay on top of the pain. Um, I'm very particular. And when you have a port, there's things you could do too. But as far as oral pills too, I'm very particular. We have me a prescription of high dose Tylenol. It's destroying my stomach. Um, I can get away with it. No. Is there time release stuff with, you know, um, acetaminophen, things like that? Yes, there is. Um, old dogs. Thank God I don't have to worry about. Um, we're going to get to that point, but, um, it's tough. It's tough. There's so much more I could podcast. I'm just going to leave it here, but I feel like it's time to really share my journey really. Um, cause I want to leave things behind for people that are struggling and women and ladies that you're going through things that are similar, especially ovarian cancer and even with just simple cysts. But I think it's, it's a, a, a round of applause for Justin's wife for her coming out about her cyst. And um, I'm going to say this for you ladies have cysts. Your cysts are common, but it's not common for that thing to keep coming around and staying around past your two cycles. Your body will absorb it and it'll dissolve and it'll shrink. When it doesn't shrink and starts growing after two cycles, then you know you got something more going on. Please seek an oncologist. Your OBGYN does not refer you, then you need to take ownership of your health. You have to be proactive. If you want to live, you want to survive and fight and thrive. You got to maintain and stay on top of your health. I cannot say it and stress it enough. Um, get a re- get a reference OBGYN, oncologist, you know, specialist of oncology. You know, you cannot be proactive enough. You know, but um, they really. I mean, there was like a five percent that they thought it was a cyst, but as my OBGYN oncologist said, this is ninety five cancer because. I mean, there's no way. This thing's been around for years. And they could put it up. They have multiple um, screens, and they literally pulled all these CT images. And before we started treatment, they took me in the room before they tattooed your tumor sites they did on me. And uh, ironically, blue. Used blue tattoo um, coloring. My favorite color, blue. But they showed me just, as I said, look at this thing growing. And you had two cycles a month. Because then the ovary grew back. So you had one cycle, another cycle. Um, and the sucker is just literally back again. I'm going to say this too. Because I have family members. 
and this is the truth, that we're very harsh and critical. Um, I could never have a bad day. I could never be hurting in pain, which pain makes people moody and irritable, things like that. And I'm so glad that um, Halle Berry, or Halle Berry, Lord, I just said Halle Berry. I was just thinking of her hair. My Lord, I'm sorry. Oh my God, I'm sorry if I caught fever in there now. I'm just saying Justin's wife. <laughs> so I'm going to say Justin's wife. I am so thankful that she expressed too of how irritable and moody and emotional that the cyst makes her feel and she gets these and when they get really large how it makes her feel because I had some family members that literally would sit there and tell people oh she's crazy and she's moody and she's irritable she doesn't act like herself which they really didn't do and this is my oncologist point of view is they needed to educate themselves Instead of voicing their, their opinion because you're not allowed to feel a certain way, they needed to educate themselves on ovarian cancer and how it affects your emotional well-being and your happiness and how you feel. And then they would understand if you're having a bad day or if you're moody or the medicine, pain medicine is not working, you know, and you feel a certain way, instead of coming at you harshly and in means and ways that were down, damn right cruel, that are not normal, absolutely crazy. Well, crazy came from attorney. Not normal came from oncology. Then maybe the response back when you felt a certain way and you had a right because of what your body internal factors are doing, what you're struggling, is they would understand what you, women go through with ovarian cancer and say, listen, I read about that. It must be horrible for it to make you feel so horrible. I can't imagine. I mean, ladies, you know how PMS is. Some women know how menopause is, but we know how PMS is and cramps and things like that. If you read about ovarian cancer, you'd understand that you want to talk about PMS cramps? You want to talk about polycystic ovarian syndrome? Take that times it by a billion. Because that's what women with ovarian cancer and these lesions and tumors and stuff, that's how you feel. It throws your whole body off. It makes you have insomnia. It makes you all over the place. That's where specialists try to regulate. Now you see my point of having multiple specialists make a group your team is because it affects different parts of your body and chemicals and hormones but not just family if you have friends or loved ones and you're struggling with ovarian cancer and, and they're coming critical at you because you feel a certain way because you're irritable and moody and maybe you're having a good day and you're happy but they're not educating themselves if they're coming critical and judging you then they don't they're not educating themselves they're not reading up on it they're not taking the time and people that don't don't give a damn about you i suggest you open the door and fill it with people who do because if I didn't do that and join groups, I would never connect it with a gentleman named James, who is a widow. And his wife did pass from ovarian cancer. And her fight was less than a year. I'm able to answer questions for him. And it's been five years for him since she passed. And as he said, you've answered more questions for me than I could ever get from anyone because I was afraid to talk about it. I'm afraid as a man that I'd be too sensitive or something asking for a family and most men as he said don't seek we don't seek therapy our connection is now stronger and he's got the cutest dog too um i can't think of the bridge or a shepherd but anyway i'll just share a picture he's a good boy um we share pictures of planning a play date with him and snorio but i don't know because they told him you know he's very strange with male dogs we'll see <laughs> after the holidays but i'm just going to say this in this podcast i'm gonna walk snorio really quick is we shouldn't judge people that are fighting with medical battles and struggles that if you're not in their shoes and you never encountered and you don't understand then what gives you reason to judge 
What gives you reason to judge? What gave 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 you reason to judge? What even gave you reason to judge? And you sit back and you act like you don't talk and stuff. But you're just as judgmental. Because of how you treated me. If you wanted to treat me like I was already dead, then why don't Christmas time go up and get a plot somewhere, um, ask me what kind of headstone I like, and not tombstone pizza, and you can visit that for us your life. Because I will not put up with disrespect and treating me like I'm dead already when I'm alive. Your actions show me what you feel and think of me. That's coming from a psychiatrist, a hospital psychiatrist, therapist that works with cancer patients to help them in their journey when things get tough. And it's tough for me right now. I'm allowed to have bad days. I'm allowed to not feel good. I have every damn reason in the world. Imaging shows it. It's not a joke. And for those who say, oh, she beat this, 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 this. I'm not beating this. Okay? I'm a realist person. I'm not beating this. Today, I was planning on getting my pedicure because I cannot, because the tumor is so large, I cannot bend down without feeling like I'm throw up. And I'm pinching the tumor. I'm, like an just said, it's like an accordion. You're pinching it. I'm not surprised you can't do your toes anymore. I was planning on doing that. I even went to bed early. But I realized now I'm at the point I have to go every other day with really getting a lot of stuff done and going above and beyond. I have a dry erase board if the house ever gets, I ever get in a contract and it goes through, that I'll have the house as, as ready as possible. Um, and I have a dry erase board and I'm proud to say I'm keeping on top of it. I really am. And I got Christmas, not a lot of lights and stuff, but I did it my way, like a Frank, Frank Sinatra song. I got those out uh, three days ago, right before it rained. Like right after I was done, it started raining. You know, God's good loved ones were going okay now I can rain here she's done that's <laughs> what I like to think you know I know they're still around you know I'm not alone but um I got all that stuff done too and I realized today I had my alarm set and that I couldn't get up I felt so sick and then I realized okay I get it now I'm burning through oral medicine for pain I'm burning through this stuff in two hours because it literally every two hours having to get something for the pain and that's not good but I realized, like my oncologist said, is you need to, like every other day, let's start eliminating a lot of things that you're doing because you can't physically do it anymore. Um, and you're still limited on what you consume. So let's go every other day. So today was just an off day. Or yesterday was an off day. And today when I get back, I have things that I attend to and I get on my list. Excuse me. And at least get a couple things. The goal is two. I get more than two. It's great. But uh, that's what I'm doing. And the off day, like yesterday, I have to sleep, you know? And allows, I was told, allow your body to sleep. And you sleep in as much as you can. If you got to get up and give meds for the animals or attend, take snore outside, that's fine. You give your body a break. We have to change things up. Um, my hospital nutritionist has been great because we don't just talk about what I need to consume and being smart in my decisions. And I had a nutritionist before years ago. Um, but she is more catered towards cancer patients that really need to increase their nutritional values and things like that. Um, I walking every day as much as, I mean, I've, I pretty much walk every day, even if it's a short walk like tonight. So I'm getting that blood flow and I keep back around the house. That's great. We're okay there. But I have to supplement and make up for what I'm not getting um, nutrition-wise to get the calories up, to keep the weight up and not go down anymore. But uh, she's also been great at telling me that I have to make days and do every other day where you have to have a day of rest, you know. Um, yesterday was one of those days. But today, since I woke up, I was thinking, okay, you know, I'm going to get my toes. I couldn't even do that, you know. 
Um, and I didn't want to be in the public with the flu going around. Um, my area, the flu is really bad. As I was told, it's nasty. And I was also told there's different kinds of strains of COVID going around in the area that I live. Um, they're seeing many, 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 many cases of the flu, children with the flu, different types of flu, different types of COVID. And I was told to stay the hell out of the public. If you can, I have been at the stores. I was told to wear a mask, but let's just right now, um, because we're getting down to the last of the weeks of the treatment, let's just stay away as much as we can from large gatherings of groups, which are retailers and stores. Um, if you can do delivery service and do it. And I have, um, that's what I started doing yesterday. So that should keep me and keep me a little safe. But, um... Uh, I hope this podcast, like I say, once again, this helps me. It helps my therapist. It helps my psychologist who have access to podcast and see how I'm doing in that. But it also helps me to resort back and I have my bad days and I can listen back, you know, and uh, I've always had this capability of putting myself outside of my own shoes and listening like as if it's like somebody else, a third party. So you have to do this sometimes. You have to put yourself outside your own shoes. Um, but I hope this podcast helps many, 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 if not thousands of even millions um, of women around the world who struggle with ovarian cancer, but also um, Justin Bieber's wife of those who struggle with uh, cysts, ovarian cysts. Um, like I say, and I can't say enough, if a cyst doesn't resolve in two cycles, then we know you got something more serious. Please be proactive with your health. If your, if your OBGYN doesn't refer you, then you need to get up on the health yourself and refer yourself. Um, nobody's going to be proactive with you. And let's just face it, life is short. You got one life to live. And you, in that mirror every day when you look, you are number one. You are important. Amen.